Welcome to BSD Talk number 30. It's Friday, April 7, 2006. I want to apologize for the delay in getting an episode out. It's been a couple days, but uh, I was down at the Linux World Expo in Boston on Wednesday and tried to catch up with some BSD people down there. I was able to uh, speak with Devin O'Dell and Jason Dixon, so I've got an interview with them coming up. Just my thoughts on the Linux World Expo. It was an interesting expo. I've been to them for, you know, a couple years. Still a lot of vendors uh, supporting BSD, which is great. I also saw the BSD mall down there and got some BSD stickers. Had a nice chat with a guy from a law firm that runs everything on NetBSD. And got plenty of free stuff and t-shirts, so... Great conventions to go to, a lot of fun. Wish I could make it to BSD Can in Canada. I don't know if that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, news. News of note, FreeBSD has secured an agreement with Sun Microsystems to redistribute their Java 1.5, which is really great because normally Sun Microsystems makes you go to their website and uh, accept their license and then download it and install it. So this allows FreeBSD to go ahead and install it like other packages, which should make life easier for people. Okay, on to the interview. You'll have to forgive the audio there because the convention floor was kind of noisy. We went off to uh, an area that was a little bit more quiet, but uh, still not the best audio environment. Why don't I have you introduce yourselves and tell us what projects you're with? I'm Devin O'Dell. I uh, work primarily with the FreeBSD project. I'm um, actively, semi-actively porting D-Trace in my copious free time. I do other work as well, user land kernel. Not a whole lot. I'm starting to kick that up a little bit more. For my job, I've been doing things like um, porting the Sun Cobalt software to FreeBSD. Uh, my work is primarily FreeBSD-centric. Great. Uh, Jason Dixon. Um, I've been an OpenBSD user since, I think, 2006, so that probably goes back about six years. Um, I do a lot of OpenBSD consulting. Um, the author of the Hatchet Project, a log analyzer for OpenBSD. It's sadly in need of patches and disrepair. Um, I guess that's it. All right, and we're actually at Linux World. Yay! Yay! Um, and the BSD booth has actually had a, a couple people there. Um, I guess thoughts about the expo, people coming to you, asking you questions. What were some of the questions people are asking about BSD? What version of Linux is it? Yeah. Uh, people are, are sort of ridiculously underinformed about um, BSD in general. I don't think they know a whole lot about it, what it is, what it does, why it exists, how long it's existed. And um, then you also have a good few people who just want to come and challenge you. Um, why, <laughs> why would you ever want to use FreeBSD? I use Linux because XYZ. Uh, and then you've got actually a, a pretty decent number of people who have used it in the past or still actively use it um, and love it. And it, they're 
terrifically happy yeah, to you see get a, You get a nice cross-reference, folks. You get a lot of, surprisingly, a lot of BSD users here. Yes. Um, actually, sales, I got uh, the three nine CDs ahead of time, and the sales of, of those CDs have been great, so that's that's been a nice... You've sold, what, like seven now? Yeah, yeah, and just... Like I, today? Just today. So, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, gave a talk earlier uh, that seemed to go pretty well on OpenBSD architectures. Um yeah, like you said, a lot of people want to know what version it is of Linux. Um, yeah, but no, generally people seem to be pretty well informed here. The people that stop by seem to be pretty excited about it. They like freebies, which is to be expected. But, we don't have very many freebies. Yeah, lots of beastie sightings. All right. Yeah. Have you done any walking around to the vendors and see what products here support BSD along with? A little Linux? bit. Went over to talk with the Bitdefender guys. Uh, they do the antivirus products. Uh, I asked them if they support OpenBSD. They're like, yeah. Oh, wait. No, FreeBSD. So FreeBSD seems to be still pretty well supported a lot, you know, a lot of, along the lines of a lot of the application vendors. Um, OpenBSD, expectedly, is not as you know as popular with them, but uh, you know, OpenSSH, of course, is probably being used. We just don't know. <laughs> it was the Mozilla Foundation here today. I don't... I don't uh, think they I have are. not seen the Mozilla Foundation. I guess they deserve some hugs for their. Yeah, uh, I want to see the big ten thousand dollars. The ten thousand dollar check yeah, from them for. That's, that's pretty cool. That was a nice. There's there's a few other vendors as well. Um, the guy who was over at the booth earlier from Clusters with a Q um, really likes VSD. Um, wants to get it supported with their software. It's this open source uh, software for uh, automatic server deployment. Um, I think. Uh, a lot of people, there's Cyclades there. I heard them talking about um, using BSD under the hood, um, sort of in, in passing while I was walking by. Um, there's Coyote Point, and uh, just to do a little bit of spamming, they're looking for Unix developers. Um, FreeBSD specifically, actually. They, they do um, network load balancing appliances. Uh, and they're looking for developers. I saw a lot of embedded stuff. Hopefully there's some NetBSD also floating around under the hood. Yeah. There is places. a lot of uh, interest in NetBSD, actually. Yeah. Certainly a lot. Well, they're the only ones with the truly free CD. <laughs> 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 We're asking for donations for the FreeBSD and OpenBSD projects. So. All right. But uh, we actually have a Socris on there. We've been working to try and get running up with uh, OpenBSD for, for demo. Mm-hmm. Um, Shows a little bit different from like Oscon. Um, they don't provide you with any kind of loaner hardware to demonstrate stuff, which is, I mean, comparing that, Oscon was really yeah. nice. I mean, last year we had, in court, you know, in conjunction with the demo, with the, the talk I did on failure of firewalls, we had like three Dell systems, a big LCD, and I mean, we were able to do live demonstrations in the booth, and it was a big hit. People were were just astounded. We had the three uh, Dell systems, and they were running whatever. We were just pinging them. They were running OpenBSD. Yeah, running. not whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they were running, you know, it, it could have been FreeBSD too. Um, That's, that was our plan for this year is to actually do a FreeBSD, OpenBSD, NetBSD triple failover with PF and CARP. So. That, that would have been very cool because yeah. that was a demonstration at, at OSCON. It was a um, failover with PF and CARP yeah. and people were just dropping jaws looking at, you know, unplugging stuff and you know, missing a packet and then, or not at all. We actually, I actually had yeah. a, a venture capitalist give me his card when he saw the demonstration. So, I mean, this stuff it, it competes with. Uh, you know, it's 
pretty nice compared to the offerings from Cisco and NextGrain. I mean, well, in a lot of cases, it blows Linux, them away. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Astaro, Astaro Linux, they've got a big presence downstairs. I mean, they have actually they've actively funded, you know, failover capabilities for IP tables, and it's just not there. It's, you can't even compete. Is there pretty good code sharing in your minds between the different BSDs? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, and you even see it between, you know, the BSDs and, and Mac OS X. Yeah. Um, I forget specifically. There, there was something recently that was just merged back from Apple, I believe, or, or is being looked at. Um, I can't remember what it is off the top. I don't know. It's funny story. I don't know if we have time for it. but I got last, it all day. Last year's OSCON, um, pretty much the same group of guys, me and... Devin and Matt O'Lander and we were, we were hanging out in the booth last year and this guy comes walking up and we're doing the demonstration and uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, so you know he wants to see the demonstration so I'm talking to him giving him my spiel so yeah have you ever you ever heard of OpenBSD have you ever used any of the BSDs he's like yeah I think I've, I think I've heard of it I think I've seen it before and so I give him the whole thing, show him, you know, unplug the switches, and it fails over, it works great. And we're standing around chatting later about CARP and PF. And I looked down at his tags, I hadn't really paid attention, and um, it was Jordan Hubbard. So, yeah, that was, that was interesting. But interesting, we had a conversation after that, and he revealed that Apple was actually trying to integrate CARP into OSX. So I haven't seen any other, you know, results of that, but something to look forward to. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting protocol, you know, and yeah. I guess the the big axe demonstration through the cables yeah. is a popular one. Yeah. Um, which well, is your your demon or talk last year uh, was was specifically on like streaming media failover, yeah. right? Well, I think it's going to shoot me. I can't remember his name. One of the primary developers of Carp um, that did the axe. Uh, I mean, he likes to use MP3s or NFS. Mm-hmm. As a, as a good demonstration, and yeah, I mean, that's the perfect example. I mean, this stuff's incredible. So, one question is: uh, I see a laptop in front of you. Yes. And it's got a particular book. logo on it. That's my PowerBook. Yes. So the question is: what what happens when you turn it on? What's it running? It's running OS X. All right. Yes. Which is BSD. There you go. No shame. All right. Do you have any <laughs> dual booting going on? Or? No, 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 I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> that's why I use BSD because I'm a lazy sysadmin. There you go. Yeah. yeah that, that's that's a good thing to say. Exactly. People. One guy came up to me today and was just sort of asking. He had tried BSD, uh, FreeBSD specifically earlier, um, several years ago, and was having you know issues with with desktop hardware, uh, which is ironically why I got into FreeBSD, just to, to, to take a little tangent, um, I had some integrated everything machine, uh, and I was, you know, I've been using Linux a little bit, Red Hat and Mandrake and whatnot, um, so this would have been around 2000. Um, nothing was working with it, Mandrake wouldn't even install, Red Hat was giving weird issues, somebody suggested, you know, I've never used it, but try FreeBSD, and I did, and I haven't gone back. Uh, so anyway, getting back to what I was saying, um, he had been using FreeBSD with without much success, uh, but just didn't have any idea. Um, I think a lot of the things that people, you know, want to know about FreeBSD are, are really the wrong questions. People come up and they ask, um, you know, well, what is FreeBSD? Well, it's an operating system, and, and you're sort of done. That's what FreeBSD is. Uh, but why would you want to use it? 
well, there's so many different reasons. Configurability is a big one that really opened his eyes. Um, you know, he's familiar with, you know, X number of Linux distributions. And I said, you know, if you're looking for a configuration file and you've it's from a third-party package, you know that it's going to be in user local Etsy. And he was just like, wow, that is extremely nice. Uh, people, you know, we... At, at the company I work at, um, as a server vendor, we install uh, Linux on systems before we ship them. And configuring them is, quite honestly, sometimes a, a real hassle. Um, you don't necessarily know whether the RPM for this distribution put it in Etsy or in, you know, user local Etsy or in oh, See, I thought you were talking about FreeBSD. I was going to start to recommend you try out this OpenBSD. <laughs> oh, Because right. it's real easy. Right, because you've got three different configuration <laughs> files instead of rc.com. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> yeah, different uh, different distributions do things differently. You know, in the end I I just enjoy the Unix philosophy. Yeah, I, and so I've, for me anything that gives me a free I've used them all. I actually got started with BSD when I worked for Skycash for anybody who remembers back that far. Um, Skycash Sidera. And we used we started out using uh, Spark um, or NetBSD on Spark for our upstream. I mean they you know, we're pushing you know, what, 250 gigs of Usenet through a satellite every day. And all this, these AV files and Usenet files are going through the Sparks. Um, eventually, we migrated to FreeBSD on uh, Alphas, on DS10s. So they just screamed. I mean, the TCP stack on there was just excellent at the time. So um, that's when I started getting into that. When I started looking more into security, kind of naturally uh, migrated over to the OpenBSD stuff. Naturally. Just, of course. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, the thing I like about it, and, and it's not to detract from FreeBSD, it's just, it's so simple. I mean, you know, I'm stupid. So if I have to start looking at user local Etsy, that's, that's beyond me. It's too many, too many keystrokes. <laughs> Maybe we could talk a little bit about D-Trace coming from uh, Solaris. Because um, some people who are listening may not even know you know, what the D-Trace system does, uh, how it lets you look at your server. So maybe you could give a brief description of what it is and um, why you thought BSD could use it. Um, so we'll start with the last question, why I thought BSD could use it. Now, we'll, we'll extend that. Why did I start? I was at OSCON last year, um, and I saw Brian Cantrell and uh, Keith Wesolowski, who are uh, kernel engineers at Sun, uh, who I'd met earlier at, at Open Solaris User uh, groups in uh, Santa Clara. Um, they were, we were talking, they took me out to lunch and said, you should really uh, try porting D-Trace. And I said, no. Um, so they were, you know, explaining the, the steps that would be involved in that. Uh, and it was pretty complex. Um, so I went to a couple of after parties sponsored by Sun and um, had a little bit too much alcohol and uh, saw a really cool demonstration um, Wes Furlong actually wrote a PHP extension uh, to allow Dtrace to hook into PHP scripts. Um, and it was pretty simple, just did function call hooks. So you could actually Dtrace your PHP script from the function call all the way into the kernel and all the way back out again. And it would tell you exactly the steps. You can do anything with Dtrace for debugging and profiling. It, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, so you can, for instance, uh, pick out any, any function in the system um, from libraries in your executable, 
and you can profile this specific function. You can uh, do aggregates to function calls, so you can determine how many times a specific function is running, um, how long it takes under various circumstances. Uh, the language has thread local storage, actually, so you can actually set variables in your dtrace script to conditionally um, test various uh, things. Uh, it's, it's just pretty amazing. Every time I see a demonstration that Brian Cantrell gives, it's just, it's just mind-boggling what, what he does. He, he likes to use GNOME Terminal because it does a lot of really ridiculous things. Um, it does so much file I.O. and, you know, people know, you know, you open a new GNOME Terminal and kind of lags for a second sometimes. And, you know, we, you just take a look at what it's doing, how long it takes, and it's, you know, doing like... 2,000 syscalls to open a new terminal window. Um, so you can you can find out so much information about your not only your applications but what your system's doing. You can uh, analyze syscalls. You can analyze things in the kernel, um, and it's just pretty amazing the amount of information you can get. The other uh, big plus to, to dtrace as opposed to other facilities um, such as FreeBSD's ktrace. Um, truss uh, and, and these types of utilities um, is that when it's turned off there's no overhead whatsoever it actually uh, puts a uh, disassembler into the kernel and uh, rewrites instructions when it's turned on and does absolutely nothing when it's turned off um, and then it only actually affects the performance of the program you're detracing so that's pretty amazing um, from you know, a, a performance standpoint. You don't want your entire system to lag down while Truss is you know, reading kernel memory all the time uh, when you don't need to. You want, to. you want your system to actually be usable while you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Is this a port or a clean room implementation? This is a port. How's their licensing on that? The licensing is under the CDDL, the Cuddle, as they call it. Um, pretty much the only spooky thing about it is uh, the patent clause. So if you are... Um, so you have to take a look at it from like a three-tier standpoint to see why it's kind of spooky. You have two developers at the top level who have contributed some code to it. You have a, a vendor who has accepted the Cuddle license and claims patent on some of this code. And he's actually licensed um, OpenSolaris to his customers. So they're all running his Solaris, his OpenSolaris. If he files a patent lawsuit against uh, any of the developers who contributed to the code, they have 60 days to um, notify him that his license uh, is revoked and his clients are put it bluntly screwed hmm. um, so it's not terrifically friendly uh, from, from a BSD license standpoint um, and it wouldn't be something that would be included in the base system it would definitely be something that you would have to see that's a perfect later. segue uh, to discuss the new 3.9 OpenBSD release no blobs baby it's not a blob it's still all over but the idea that you're compromising to support this feature yeah. I mean, that's, that's you know, people give Theo a hard time. Mm -hmm. You know, he is what he is. But he's a no-compromises guy. He puts out an excellent operating system, 
and you know the customer is never going to have to answer for it. So. Although we're, I guess we're all compromising when we compile because we can't do it without uh, a GPL compiler. So. There's actually a lot of, well, I mean, you take a look, there's there's other compilers out there. There's the Tiny C compiler, or TCC, whatever it's an acronym for. Um, you've got Intel C compiler, um, and actually something that's interesting that was being looked at for a while by some of the Dragonfly guys is uh, Plan 9's C compiler, Ken CC, um, was actually made open source under the MIT license. Uh, so it's got a whole different way of compiling, uh, and, and things would need to be changed in the kernel to support the, the objects. But um, you know, there's there's definitely potential for moving away from GCC in the future. I know the the Tendra people are, are working on well, the 1015 uh, people are working on it, uh, their compiler as well. So there's hope. Thank you for your time. Thank a, you. I'm hoping this audio will come out all right. And... All right. Goodbye. All right. See you guys later. If you'd like to leave comments on the website, you can reach it at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me some email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. I really like to encourage people to send me sound files uh, of any BSD adventures you're having. If you'd like to be interviewed, go ahead and uh, send me a note. And I really just want to thank everyone for their feedback. I've been having some people who have uh, been donating some, some wonderful stuff. And it's really humbling how generous people are. So once again, thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 30.